1: In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: All right, welcome. And for the next two hours, we're going to get to the bottom of the debt crisis. All right, we'll go into absolute total detail. You'll know everything there is to know about the debt crisis, and there's absolutely no way I'm going to talk about the debt crisis For more than 10 seconds. I just, I can't. Please work it out. Please get rid of the $200 million park for Nancy and uh, the hip hop museum. We don't need one of those. And I hope it all works out. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Or maybe we should default. Uh, I would like to get somebody's opinion on that. Uh, Trump said we should let it default. What does that actually mean? What would it mean? All right, we'll get back to that some other time. I was right! I was so right. You see, the story is coming out about the so called bike Karen. That woman who uh, rented a bike. Imagine where we are right now today in this world. It is insane. You rent a bike as a pregnant woman, and some young man claims it's his. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. She's pregnant, and she was upset, and she called for help. Was she fighting for her life? No. She was calling for help because she thought it was her bike. If somebody was trying to take my bike, I'd say the same thing. And if I was trying, whatever. Here she is making a big deal out of it, and... uh you're allowed to do that in New York. Some people say she's crazy. Well, this is New York. You're allowed to be a little bit crazy. Please
3: help me. <laughs> Please bike. help me help. Please get off me. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: uh, Alright, so there's a little dispute. Oh, by the way, and nobody has pointed this out, she's pregnant. Just let the pregnant woman sit down on the subway, let the pregnant woman take the bicycle. Let the pregnant woman – doesn't the pregnant woman have, like, first-of-line status, everything, don't we, as a village? Hillary Clinton, it takes a village, right? Don't we take care of those with child? And even if she didn't have a child, it, she says it's her bike. The kid says it's his bike. They're having an argument. I had three, three over th- this week, at least, with the cab driver. Uh Let's see. Who did I have a – one of my associate producers, I um, uh, maybe two arguments. Uh, well, my wife and I went at it pretty good. Uh, that happens. Uh, nobody called the police. N- the video didn't go viral. It was just two people having a disagreement about which way to come to work. How the hell this guy went down Lexington Avenue instead of Park Avenue is beyond me. But whatever. People can have a dis- uh, disagreement, right? You, you know, it's all coming out, by the way. It was her bike. We're hearing from her lawyer. Granted, it's her side of the story, but i I, he's got the receipts. It was her bike. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is all about race, isn't it, mainstream fake local news? Go ahead.
4: The confrontation grew quickly between the white hospital employee and young black men just getting ready for a bike ride.
5: The white woman here is seen attempting to steal a city bike from a young black man, claiming she was threatened and was calling for help.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. Maurice and Chardet, better and wow, are so offended. I can't imagine ever, ever anybody talking about race like that if the situation were reversed. Can you Right? No, of course not. No, it doesn't happen that way. Anyway. They shouldn't be talking about race at all because race wasn't mentioned. Even the kids in the video aren't talking about race. She's not talking about race. Our fake news that wants us at each other's throats. They want to rip apart society. Why? Why? Why do they want it? Do they think it's more interesting? I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, wh- why? Why? Why would they be? Why did they go into the news to begin with? Hmm? i tell you why I went in. Because I'm a curious person. I kind of want to know what's going on in the world. I don't have all the answers. It's amazing. All these talking heads, all these people, they pretend they know everything. No, you don't. You know about hair and makeup and that big, stupid plastic desk you sit at. Uh Most of you are very incurious. Most of you are totally vain. You know, I'll hand you anything. You'll read it. You know, black, white. Didn't anybody say, well, wait a second. Uh, nobody, she's not saying black. They're not saying white. Anyway, the lawyer's coming uh, forward with the receipts. It was her bike. And, oh, by the way, she's pregnant. I noticed the mainstream media seem to be leaving that out of all the stories. She's with child. And I think that's pretty damn relevant, don't you? Hey, did you see Joe Biden? He almost took a terrible tumble uh, down the steps in Japan. He's over there in Japan at some Shinto shrine. And it's a very solemn um, ceremony he's participating in. It's a small flight of steps, and he almost loses it. Now, if you fall down the flight of steps, if I fall down a flight of steps, even as a younger person, it's, uh you know, oh gosh, you could really hurt yourself. If you're 80 plus, it could be fatal. It could be fatal. And let's stop with the charade that this guy is normal or that this guy is not 80, 81 years old. You're making him fake run. That's part of his problem. He always wants to show how vibrant he is, and he does this fake run. And he's on a bike that is, quite frankly, too fast for him. And you put him in that stupid bike ensemble, you know, the tight pants like he's going to ride in the Tour de France or something like that. Give me a break. Just give him one of those tricycle, tricycle bicycles. Remember those? The big – I'm not talking about for the kids, but for the big ones, for the adults, My grandmother had one of those. I would use it sometimes. They'd have a big basket in the back. Use one of those. And I'm not ageist. Believe me. I'm not making fun. I'm not putting down. I just don't want to see our national security further jeopardized. See, if the President of the United States falls down and starts to bleed on international television, that makes us weaker. He's already done enough damage just being President. But if there's an incident like that, I know the mainstream media will try to cover up for it, just like they did the time he fell three times getting onto Air Force One. Three times. I mean, it was really bad. But what if he falls and he really hurts himself? What if there's a compound fracture right there on television TV? You know what a compound fracture is, right? Where you break a bone and the bone pops out of the skin? That can happen. What is going on with the Democrat Party? Why are they camouflaging all of this stuff? Why are they trying to pretend it's almost or what's the word they love to use? Orwellian. But we have John Fetterman, who obviously is brain damaged. I'm sorry. I, he's he's got serious brain damage. Y- you kind of know that. Well, the way he speaks, all that stuff. Actually, I think I have it here. Do I have Fetterman trying to speak? Um Yes, I do. It was in the C block. Let's see here. Yeah. Cut 36, please. Cut 36.
6: This is the whole reason why the 14th Amendment exists. We need to be prepared to be using it. Again, remember, say that again. We must be prepared in order to use it. and We cannot let reckless Republicans hold the economy as a hostage. And an unelected Supreme Court justice will try to blow up our economy. That's on them if they have to judge on that. So, thank you.
2: And he's wearing a big, stupid white hoodie—a big hoodie, you know, for a teenager. Teenagers wear sweatshirts, or I wear a sweatshirt on the weekend, right? Or on a, you know, like when you're at the beach and it's like a little bit later at night, it gets cool. But what I don't know, wherever you want to wear a hoodie, you don't wear a hoodie in the United States Senate. It's kind of, um, or maybe you, maybe, 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 maybe. I tell no one's, no one wears ties anymore. I'm looking at Lindsey Graham on television right now. Um, he looks like he borrowed a jacket from Fox, okay? <laughs> the jacket's way too big for him. You know when you used to go into a restaurant and you had to wear a jacket and they'd give you one? It looks like he's wearing a borrowed jacket, a silly old polo shirt underneath, no tie, and he's a United States senator, one of the... Anyway, he's in New York right now, actually, Lindsey Graham. I heard he's a pretty impressive guy. He's a little wishy-washy, and um he gets wobbly and nervous, but he had one... Amazing moment, man! When he stuck up for Justice Kavanaugh. Now Justice Kavanaugh during that Christine Blasey Ford horrendous mess, man. Hey, did you see those heroes at the FBI yesterday? I thought these guys were fantastic. I'm talking about the whistleblowers, right? To me, they're whistleblowers. They're they're observing corruption, and they come forward and they want to talk about it to the world, to our elected leaders. The FBI, though, is a uh, you're loyal to the Bureau, not the country. That's how the way they think over there, unfortunately. Um, and Democrats are saying, well, they're not technically whistleblowers. They needed to file a 4-H alpha form, and they did not file. Shut up. These guys are telling the truth about stuff. And they have for a while. And they're, now they're actually doing it publicly, and they're putting their names and their faces out there. This is Garrett Boyle. I think right now he's still in the FBI. And you know how we're hassling, or the FBI is hassling... Those moms and dads who go to school board meetings who don't want their kids exposed to pornography, right? Um, well, listen to this, got 19.
7: A neighbor or or somehow someone knew a parent that they believed was extreme, and so they called the FBI and reported that parent to the FBI. When citizens in this country get to a point where they can call the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world on their neighbor, just because they disagree with them, that is chilling to the First Amendment rights of the people who are getting the FBI called on them.
2: And that's the way it's set up. That's the way it's been set up. And treating them like domestic terrorists and sending an FBI agent to a school board meeting parking lot and taking down license plate numbers, license plate numbers. Hey, who remembers in The Godfather? Godfather Part 1. Uh Connie's getting married to Carlo. That's not going to end well. It's the opening scene of the movie. And what happens? Sonny has his first meltdown. The FBI are out there taking down license plates numbers. And why would they be doing that? Because a bunch of mobsters are showing up, right? Organized crime. I mean, killers. loan sharks. You name it. They're there, right? So the FBI shows up and takes down the license plate numbers. And Sonny comes out, wrecks the guy's camera, and rah, spits at him. Uh, now we're doing that school board meetings, school board meetings. It's insane. Hey, there was another guy, an intelligence analyst with the FBI who's still an FBI employee. His name is Marcus Allen. And he's pointing out that, well, you know, January 6th, the FBI only has one way of looking at January 6th. It was the worst thing that happened to this country since the war on 1812. And if you say, yeah, but what about the, the door that was left open by one of the cops? Shut up. That's a, you're a conspiracy theorist and you're a threat to America. Seriously, uh, cut 22, please. Cut 22.
7: It has been more than a year since the FBI took my paycheck from me, and we're getting financially crushed. My family and I have been surviving on early withdrawals from our retirement accounts, while the FBI has ignored my request for approval to obtain outside employment during the review of my security clearance. We have lost our federal health insurance coverage, and there's apparently no end in sight. Wow. And why, why did they hassle him
2: like this? Why, because of the January 6th stuff. Listen to Cut 21.
7: It appears that I was retaliated against because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6th. As a result, I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views and unreliable information. Because I did this, the FBI questioned my allegiance to the United States.
2: So how about that, huh? I mean, I guess they're questioning my allegiance to the United States. And because, uh, yeah, the, the, the conventional wisdom about January 6th is totally wrong. It's totally off. It's really, and if it isn't totally off, well, there, there are, there is evidence suggesting that a lot of things happen that need to be fixed. The cops leaving the door open, the cops escorting the, uh, the horns guy, Jacob Chansley, all over the place. The murder of Ashley Babbitt. How can you have January six hearings and not talk about Ashley Babbitt? Threat to America. This was the worst thing that ever happened. Yes, but the Black Lives Matter riots were the best thing that ever happened. Well, good for Marcus Allen for speaking up, but the price that these guys are paying is uh, is real. I mean, one guy, you know, basically they made him move, and as soon as he moved there, they suspended him. Actually, here, listen to this. This is a real bureaucratic trick move that they would do. I've
7: cut 23. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me, rendering my family homeless. They refused to release our goods, including our clothes, for weeks. All I wanted to do was serve my country by stopping bad guys and protecting the innocent. To my chagrin, bad guys have begun running parts of the government, making it difficult to continue to serve this nation and protect the innocent.
2: Amazing. And sad, right? Really tough stuff. Really tough stuff. Then you have Democrats getting forward. To, Wait a second now. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now what's all this deep state, deep state stuff all about? They don't even believe in the deep state. They know what it is. This guy should be... Are you, are you allowed to lie like this out loud? Cut 24, please. Cut 24.
3: Do you believe that January 6th was uh, instigated by the deep state?
7: <laughs> Define the deep state, sir. I
3: don't
7: know. <laughs> I sure don't either. Oh, oh, good. All right. Great question.
2: Because it, it is a phrase frequently used by the former president of the United States. So it's, it's out there. I don't know what it means either. I think it's kind of made up like a boogeyman. Oh, yeah. How about unelected bureaucrats who have been there for decades, who don't report to the people but report to themselves? There's absolutely zero accountability. How about the 77,000 people who work at the State Department, who are not political appointees, who are career civil servants? They think they're better than the people they're supposed to be serving. We were warned about this. Actually, we were warned about it by... Ooh, from Dwight Eisenhower to James Madison to Thomas Jefferson. We're in trouble. Do me a favor. Give me a moment. I have this. Uh, well, I'll pick it up when I come back. Thank you.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it
8: <clears throat>
0: a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Greg Kelly, entertaining and
2: informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Big story about uh, Ron DeSantis' wife, Casey, in Politico and I don't care about those things too much, but this one's getting a lot of attention in the political world, and uh I don't like the piece one bit. They're giving Casey DeSantis a hard time uh, because she's devoted to her husband. Now, I'm not for DeSantis. I think he's making a bad move by running for president. I think he should wait. He's uh, made some pretty bad missteps. This thing with Disney, which may have felt great at the time, uh Bob Iger, the guy who runs Disney, who, oh, by the way, is from Oceanside, Long Island, um just pulled a billion dollar building that they were going to build at Disneyland I guess and uh, they're not going to do it anymore because of <laughs> because of all this friction between Disney and the governor's office I don't like woke Disney and I think there's a way to take that on but you can't just stand in front of a podium all day long and say stuff all right you, that's a uh, that's Eric Adams for you and a little bit that's like AOC remember when AOC shot her mouth off and it annoyed Amazon so much that they said, you know what, we're not going to build our headquarters in Queens. <laughs> it would have been pretty good for the city. And she she thought that was a victory. Anyway, that's kind of happening to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is married to this woman, Casey. Everybody says she's really smart, really bright, really impressive. And for those things, it looks to me like she's being punished. Um And you know the way things work in politics. And often in life, unfortunately, if there's a problem, if there's a problem... um in the campaign office, or there's a problem in any office, uh, they often don't go to the person and say directly, "Hey, we got a problem here. Let's see if we can fix it." Uh, they talk to each other, right? They talk about it. They talk about it. And in the political world, they leak it, right? Nobody, nobody wants any responsibility. That nobody's actually going to take that that risk. And that I think. A kind of decent thing to do. Hey Casey, listen. Um uh, <laughs> some of the staff is uh kind of feels like you're micromanaging them a little bit. We love you, but you know, I, I just there's a little bit of grumbling. I think you should know. No, it's much easier to anonymously say all these things to uh, some reporter at Politico. And I don't like it. Um so uh, Nancy Reagan, oh, by the way as well. That's what they did to her cuz she was so devoted to to Ronnie alright do me a favor there's the music again sorry about that I'll get one more cup of coffee I was on Sid's show today everybody said it was great I hope how does Sid feel <laughs> uh, thanks Sid very much and uh, your calls in a moment and, and what the hell is the Bilderberg meeting the Bilderberg meeting is happening right now and it's potentially very dangerous
1: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network
2: uh Bilderberg meeting is like the most important meeting we've never heard of. It's a big deal. It's been going on for a while. They it's like Davos but more exclusive and possibly more sinister. More on that in uh in a little bit. Hey, Jordan Neely, the funeral when did I'm sorry, but this guy died. Let me look at my eighteen days ago and the funeral is today. Uh that's a little bit too long, right? I mean, for all kinds of reasons. Al Sharpton, of course, who never met Jordan Neely is eulogizing him at the funeral. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Of course it doesn't. Uh, Joy in Brooklyn, hello.
4: Hi, good afternoon, good afternoon. I love the show, but I just want to say that physician's assistant, her affect was off, and not only that, her eyes looked a little bit deranged. If that guy was stealing her bike or somehow any type of theft of services, she would have definitely called the police. She was basically going, help me, help me like really bland because it wasn't true. And then she's going to accuse someone of hurting her fetus. All right, I mean, calm down. Someone... Wait a
2: second. Wait, wait. Now, look, she may have been a little bit off, but this is New York. You're allowed to be a little bit off. Okay. Not everybody is uh as psychologically healthy as you and me. Okay. I mean, well, not me, but you. I mean, I'm sorry, but <clears throat> she, yeah, I saw that look in her eye. Maybe she had a 16-hour shift. Maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe she's a little bit weird. I mean, really, the way this thing was exaggerated and pumped up. And let me ask you something, Joy. Hey, can I hear the? Can I hear the Karen? Oh, I gotta stop saying Karen. Can I hear the bike lady, please? Screaming again. Can you run that? Please help me! <laughs> not this is not your bike. Please help me! Help! Please get off! Hey, what
3: the? is going on? Yo,
1: don't
3: nah. take it. Bro. now you're not getting the bike. Bro. Hey, now you're not getting the bike. Help.
2: All right. Get off me. Look, if somebody is taking her bike and it just may have been her bike, be you know, it. wait, all right, it might have been her bike. Um, why wouldn't she say help? And can, let's listen, Joy, they didn't say one damn thing about race, did they? Did you listen to no, it? They didn't I'm say not one not thing even, about race. And I'm listen not, to what the I'm media did. Even, Hold on a second, Joy. I want to remind everybody this is what the media said about that.
4: The confrontation grew quickly between the white hospital employee and young black men
5: just getting ready for a bike ride. The white woman here is seen attempting to steal a city bike from a young black man, claiming she was threatened and was calling for help.
2: You know, I don't like white supremacy. I think it's totally hideous and wrong. And I think black supremacy is totally hideous and wrong. And that seems to be where this country is going. That woman's pregnant. She had an argument with somebody. She's been canceled. She's been suspended. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And Joy, you're telling me that she seemed a little bit weird. Fine, she's weird. I can. Yes, but this is. You know, we got the right to be wrong too. By the way, if she's wrong, if she's in the wrong, does she deserve to lose everything and globally cyberbullied? And three weeks later, Joy and Greg are debating it on the radio. I don't think this should be. It's been totally blown out of proportion.
4: I'm definitely not saying that she should lose her job. I'm just saying if everyone take a look back and watch her demeanor, it certainly wasn't something normal, her reaction. And let me tell you, everyone has a right to be a little bit weird in New York. We live in New York City. Probably we have the most weirdos, weirdos anywhere in the world. Well, probably except for, for Paris and other parts. However, that type of behavior... And, you know, we have to take it. I will take it back. You don't have to take it back. That type of behavior is what got black men killed back in the day. Oh, God, wait. Wait,
2: wait, wait. That kind of behavior what? Got black men killed. All right. That's the thing. I'm sorry. No, this is not 1957. All right. I can't. We can't talk about Emmett Till every time some white woman is in any kind of distress and it involves a black man. Sometimes they are. This woman may have had her bike being stolen. And she has a constitutional right to ask for help. And she also, I believe, should not be accused of trying to get somebody killed. It's just a cheap way out. Now, our culture, our media especially, I mean, they're frantic. Joy, I'm sorry. I can't every moment of every day think about what happened 70 years ago. I just can't. In the moment, here's where we are. You think this is what she was trying to do, get these people? Maybe she just wanted the guy to get off a bike that she actually rented and was hers.
4: No, I never said she wanted to get them killed. I never even said that.
2: Uh, You were going somewhere along those lines.
4: No, I was saying if this was back in those times, maybe even just we don't have to go very far, maybe the 60s, that is the type of stuff that could have gotten them killed depending on the state you were in. Well, we we're not there anymore.
2: And we, we're not there anymore. And this is a working woman in New York City, and she had an argument. And now, really, I think the culture is really trying to send a message She's to in people, in, especially She's to white women, that you got to sit down and shut up and vote Democrat or this, this society is going to be very, very unkind to you. Society is already unkind to everybody, unfortunately. So... Uh-huh.
4: Say well, that if you, if you do look at it from a different perspective, it's it's white women who are usually behind all. No, you know what? No, usually otherwise. that sound
2: that does not sound fair at all to me. And oh, by the way, I've inundated with videos all day long. All right, all day long of horrible things happening. This isn't one of them. And if you want to talk about race, if you really want to talk about race, we can talk about how black on white crime is about forty five times more likely than white on black crime. Black on white much more prevalent than white on black also the only kind of crime that the media seems interested in is when the accused the, the the victim is black and the accused is white and that way they can make money they can make they can have status they can make power they can all the things that they want and by by they i mean well the exploiters including the media so joy you're a reasonable person I totally disagree with you on this, though. Everything else good in life? All good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a good one. You too. You too. Take care. Um, She calls occasionally. I love it. I love it. And I do uh, not mind when you guys disagree, Um, especially if you thought about it a little bit. Who was that person who called yesterday and had all these opinions, but absolutely no facts? None. Joyce. Okay? I was just kind of talking to myself. So, was that on the radio? Did you say that on the radio? Okay, Joyce. Gotcha. It like, came from inside my head. Alright. Um, we're done with the FBI. I mean, we're done with the FBI. Sorry, but if the FBI comes and they want information, uh, I learned something this week. They won't let you take a picture of their badge. But you can ask for their identification and write all the information down. And... Uh, I feel bad for some of the agents out there because, listen, there are still federal crimes to investigate, but too many of them have been dispatched to hunt people down for January 6th, people who didn't break anything, people who didn't hurt anybody, and also uh, the stuff related to the pro-life movement. And if you're a little bit too active, a little bit too vocal on pro-life matters, you just might get a call from the FBI, and you just might be arrested if you brush up against somebody at a at an abortion clinic. You know that guy, Mr. Houck from Pennsylvania. What happened to him? Uh Total and complete disgrace. Hey, I am totally out of my routine today. i got to tell you, I'm now – I don't know if it's a function of age, but I really do have a routine. Number one, I don't start eating until 11 in the morning. Number two, I w- run – virtually every day now three to four miles i'm pretty damned I, i'm impressed with myself i finally have a healthy habit but a couple of things happened this morning number one i had a banana for no particular reason way too early um sid rosenberg i love doing the interview with him that took a half hour so and then uh, an old friend called and that took another half hour then i did not have time to run and coming in here they had bagels pumpernickel bagels which happens to be basically my favorite food in the world I am now having my second one, and uh, the day is – it's a wonderful day, but I've made some really bad decisions, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Let's just try real quick. Um, hmm, Sandra. Mm.
9: Oh, Greg, you shouldn't have had two bagels. That's going to ruin the rest of your day. But you did it already. But forget about it now and go back to your routine. It's not going to ruin.
2: I mean, I was hoping you'd talk me out of it. I already established I was going to ruin my day, but.
9: but right. I'm, I'm saying go forward now. Forget that you had two bagels and move on and, and, and do the rest of the, your day the way you would have.
2: Thank you. How but, can I help?
9: You know, I wanted to say I was thinking about Donald Trump. He is a real hero. You know, I'm thinking about him. All his efforts are not in vain. No matter what happens going forward, you know, he woke us all up with the fake news, the censorship, the borders, the corruption, the currency crash. So Trump, you know, he opened our eyes. He really, really did. And, and, and he's doing this quietly in these two years, you know, because so when he comes back, he's going to fix everything. But he really, I think, opened everyone's eyes. It's amazing what he did. I think that's amazing. And then I just wanted to comment about Daniel Penny. You know, a new new witness came forward. That's great. But there's also an incident that happened in Texas with Governor Abbott, a similar one with another Marine who shot someone in self-defense. Now, this governor is going so, he's trying so hard to pardon this guy. And I don't understand why Hochul can't do the same.
2: Oh, Hochul will never do the same. Hochul already came out and said publicly that the man's a murderer, that Daniel Penny's a murderer, essentially. And she spoke so erroneously. She said, there is never a time when you can take another man's life. And not that Daniel Penny was deliberately taking anyone's life. I don't even think it was a chokehold, quite frankly. It was an upper body restraint maneuver to keep him uh, from getting up. It wasn't to cut off his breathing. Uh, well, they'll figure that out eventually. But there are plenty of circumstances where you can, hate to say it, kill somebody. If your life, if you have a reasonable expectation that somebody is about to injure or kill you, um, or there are a bunch of scenarios breaking into your house, whatnot. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, you're uh, under the law. Now look at that. Don't quote me if you go shoot somebody. All right. I mean, <laughs> well, you know what the deal is. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Give me one moment. I'll be right back.
1: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: If you're 80 years old and you fall, um, it is a death sentence. Unfortunately, not a, not for everybody. It depends how. It's it would be an international issue. It would, any any president, but this one. You heard him mumbling the other day. This can't go on for much longer. I've said it before. This guy is uh, not going to be president a year from now. I think he's going to have to resign. Look, I wanted to live to be a hundred, but I don't want him as president anymore. Do you? Really? Of course not. Nobody does. Democrats don't watch him, don't want him. Hey, by the way, those uh, FBI guys I was talking about, they are suffering financially. And why is that? Well, they're whistleblowers, and they came out against a Democrat regime. And that is, uh, that's cancel culture territory. If you are a liberal and you're a deep stater and you come out against Trump, well, everything is beautiful. For the rest of your life. Cut 28, please. Remember that pudgy colonel from the Army? Vindman? Cut 28. Joining me now is retired Army Lieutenant Colonel
1: Alexander Vindman. His new book is called Here. Right Matters, an American story. It comes out tomorrow. Colonel Vindman, it is an honor to have you here. Thank you for being with us.
7: Alexander Vindman is an American hero. The courage he displayed was extraordinary. We have this career military professional
1: trying to do the right thing. I think we should all stand and give Colonel Vindman a, a, a show of how much we supported him. Stand up and clap for Vindman. Get,
6: your, get up there. Who we are. That's who we are. We are not
2: what Trump is. Wow. What are we... Coup plotters, this was a damn coup. There are multiple coups against Donald Trump. They failed, although arguably one worked. Arguably one worked. The January 6th stuff, I don't believe the election results. I'm allowed to say that, folks, and I can make the case, absolutely, especially regarding Pennsylvania. And every pattern for the past 70 years of all presidential elections thrown out the window for 2020. All the bellwether counties, certainly the bellwether states, I don't think there's been a, uh, anyone to become president without winning Florida and Ohio, except for Biden somehow. You gotta win one or the other. He loses both and Joe wins the whole damn thing. Remember they had a, oh, he got a record number of votes. Why did it take until Thursday to figure that out? I don't trust mail-in voting only in states where it's been long established and they know what you're doing and you take the initiative to get the ballot yourself. When they just mail out the ballots any old way, and they do that in Nevada and a bunch of other states, it's a huge problem. They took advantage of COVID. They threw out all the rules. I actually heard an election official. I'll never forget it. It was in Washington State, very, very liberal. They've had mail-in voting for a long time. And in the middle of COVID, she says, I'm getting calls from all over the country. How do we set up these systems? You know, How do we do mail-in voting? And she said, you're all five years too late. You can't throw this stuff together at the last minute, and they did, and you know the results. Do you believe that stuff? Hey, not only was uh, uh, Mr. vinman I call him Mr. now, he's no longer a colonel, Mrs. Vinman got a really nice deal. Mrs. V- the wife of the whistleblower, they kiss her butt. Cut 29, please, cut 29.
0: Joining me now is Rachel Vindman. Her husband, Alex Vindman, testified during Trump's first impeachment trial. Uh, she is also the host of a new podcast called The Suburban Women Problem, which debuts today. Rachel, it is great to see you again. Thank you for coming on.
2: Isn't that totally beautiful? Wow. The the the, the suburban women are the what, – what, what, who cares? And they're hanging out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Vindman now does guest appearances in uh, movies and TV shows, playing himself – who were those guys yesterday? Marcus Allen, Garrett O'Boyle. You ever going to hear about them again? Stephen Friend. What will happen to them? Will they ever get there? Will they ever get their lives back? Christopher Ray is in charge of the FBI, and when he was trying to get that job, by the way, we have Chris Christie to thank for Christopher Ray. They were law partners. Christopher Ray defended Christie during Bridgegate, and in my opinion. Uh, Chris Christie was guilty as hell in all of Bridgegate and all those poor people, innocent people, went to jail. He should have. Anyway, Christopher Ray. here's what he sounds like when he wants the job. Cut 25.
8: Is there any reason we...
1: The Bureau has never grown complacent and continues to work tirelessly every day to protect all Americans. I think the role... Of This committee is special with respect to the FBI, and I would do everything I could to ensure that we're being appropriately responsive and prompt uh, in dealing with with all the members of the Senate, but obviously especially this committee. I would uh, do everything in my power to try to ensure that the FBI is being not just as responsive as possible, but as prompt as possible in responding to appropriate oversight requests, absolutely. My experience in trying to find solutions is that it's more productive for people to work together than to be pointing fingers blaming each other. Uh, And that's the approach I've tried to take to almost every problem I've tackled, and that's the approach I would want to take here in working with this committee.
2: Wow, he went to the Barack Obama school of making the mundane seem somehow profound, right? Um, He didn't mean any of that stuff, oh, by the way. He did not mean one word of it. Because uh, when he finally got the job, well, he's been blowing off subpoenas. Uh, The FBI is not accountable to the people. Blowing off the judiciary, um, and also on weekends, on Fridays, he takes Friday afternoon off, and especially in the summer. Uh, let's see here. 26, please.
8: Is there any reason we couldn't, uh, accommodate them for 21 minutes or whatever Democrats want second rounds
1: to? Yeah, Senator, I, I, uh, had, had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing the two out of here, um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at one thirty. So that was, that's how we ended up where we are.
2: He didn't want to stay around for any more questioning from our democratic leaders. Yeah, even the Democrats, right? Why? Because the FBI jet was waiting to take him on vacation to the Adirondack Mountains. That's uh, that's where he's been going since he was a little kid, and they still have a big dumb house up there. Um, although nice, many of the houses up there are nice, but he blew off the American people to go on a private jet. The FBI has a jet for the director. This is the problem. Um, these guys who have, no, they've never really worked in law enforcement. He's a lawyer, all right? He's never carried a gun or anything like that. Same goes for Jim Comey. And they get totally dazzled by all the toys, right? All the police cars, the boats, uh, the, the the protection, uh, the guys with the little wires in their ear, and a plane and a helicopter. If you look back at Russiagate, and Comey is a major, major figure, and if you read the Mueller report, every time anything significant happened and Bob Mueller was involved in it, he was either on an FBI plane or in an FBI helicopter, he was just milking it. And that's what they do. And then they want it. They just get addicted to it. They think they deserve it. Um, they don't, and that stuff often gets people in trouble. They abuse it, they misuse it, and it should have gotten Christopher Ray, quite frankly, bounced or impeached. Because I got him here lying to Congress. Is this too nitnoid of a detail? I'm sorry, but Chuck Grassley was the guy who said, "Hey, can you stick around?" And he said, "No." Listen to this. I know the music is up. Cut twenty-seven. List. All right, he said you have other business, and he said yes, and then Ray runs out of the room to catch that FBI jet, which we own. Greg Kelly
1: on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: I'm looking at Governor, Tex- Governor of Texas Abbott, Greg Abbott, and uh, he's about to give a press conference at the border. He's been great. He needs more backup from the federal government. Um, but I'm reminded, actually, and I forgot this, he's, uh, he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair, has been since the 1980s. He was jogging one day, and a tree fell on him. A tree, no kidding, fell on him, and, uh, never able to walk again, certainly not run, and he's in a wheelchair, but a great, great patriot. I could definitely see him as, a uh, as president someday. 2028, perhaps, something like that. Uh, but not 2024. Uh, I think it's Trump's. And I keep hearing about this electability stuff. He's not electable. He could never win a general election. The same crap they said back in 2015 and 2016. Um He has gotten better. He's gotten better. He literally has gotten better. You learn things as a candidate. Remember, he was a first-time out candidate. He learned stuff. He's gotten better. He's found the people that he needs, the people that are good. He didn't know any of this stuff. It was a new world for him, politics and political consultants. He didn't have to deal too much in that. Anyway, it'll be amazing, and I hope it all works out. I think it can. Uh, DeSantis and these others, what they are, I believe, counting on. DeSantis, there are two things going on. There are some billionaires who have told him that he can have, like, a Super Tuesday strategy. Yes, Trump is going to win Iowa, and Trump is going to win New Hampshire. Uh, Trump is going to win South Carolina, uh, but... Uh, you know, when we get into March, we get California or California in April, you're gonna win there because it's a very much a I think they're underestimating Trump support in California too, but they're who knows, look, the billionaires they really want DeSantis, um, although not as much as they used to. <laughs> uh, they're getting uh, they're getting a little uh, they're they're not too impressed. Now Casey, I told you about the wife. They did a major hit piece on her, very nasty, very mean. Um, but it's all innuendo. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm looking for the part where she calls somebody a BIT, you know, rhymes with rich or where did she really do something? Did she throw a shoe at somebody? And it never comes up. They just like, well, she talks too much or well, she's too devoted to her husband or well, she has an office. I'm like, what is the problem? And then there's some crazy story from 2016. Something that, you know, seven years ago, somebody said she was rude to my mother. And I look at the quote, I'm like, that doesn't seem rude. And it also doesn't seem plausible. So I don't like that they're doing that. But I do have a note for the DeSantis campaign. One thing that Casey does a lot, she comes out and she goes, my husband is an American success story. All right. He's the American dream. He's from Jacksonville, Florida. He went to Yale College and Harvard Law School. And then he went into the Navy. And then he becomes a politician. And now, you know, we're running for president like Hmm, that sounds good for Ron. I don't know if it means anything to anybody else. You literally, right now, there's over a million people who have been in. the – Actually, there are probably about five million people walking around America who have served in the Navy at one point. Uh There are probably a hundred, hundred thousand people who went to Ivy League law schools walking around America right now. That's not enough. You can't just say I was in the military and I am. Uh, I've got these credentials. Although the fake news, they love that stuff. They just love, ooh, because voters don't care if you went to Penn State or UPenn. And a lot of them don't even know the difference, nor should they. Who cares? Penn State has a football team. UPenn, whatever. It's a school. It's a college. Go if you want. Um, but for these reporters, and a lot of them did go to college, they're acutely aware, you know, of uh, the difference between Harvard and Princeton and say, Hamilton College or Tufts University and all that stuff versus, uh, you know, University of Kansas and the prestige and these little, little gradations of status and prestige that they're obsessed with, but nobody else cares about. And they just waste a lot of time on it. And when Casey DeSantis stands there and says, My husband went to all these schools and then he went into the Navy. It just doesn't impress me. What I like is when Trump gets up and goes, I've employed thousands of people. I have built amazing properties all over the world. That is skill. That's something that translates. That's something that he could point to in 2015. And you know what? He didn't have to say it over and over again because we all knew it. We all kind of just knew it. We knew about that stuff. So the – oh, do me a favor. James Flippin available. I want to talk more about that uh, Roosevelt Hotel, the iconic hotel. And Midtown East, I guess you call it. It's in the East 40s, right by the Pan Am Building, Madison Avenue. The Roosevelt Hotel is now being open to migrants. This is where we're putting the migrants. Now I, um, I know and like the Roosevelt Hotel. But one of my very first Star Trek conventions. I've only been to two, but yes, I've been to a Star Trek convention, and one of them was at the Roosevelt Hotel. The other one was at the New York Penta, the Pennsylvania Hotel. I got to meet Leonard Nimoy. At one of these things, uh, the Roosevelt Hotel was always kind of swanky, actually, kind of cool, kind of sleek. And now it's, well, it closed down during COVID and it was probably declining a little bit even before COVID. It was in decline. It was one of these grand hotels that was kind of getting a little dumpy looking. Uh, but now, uh, they're just throwing in the towel. (laughs) It's illegal migrants are going to be living in the Roosevelt Hotel. And I think it's already started. James Flippin, news anchor. Sir. Hey, Greg. Welcome back.
10: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: What's going on with the Roosevelt Hotel?
10: So you're right. They just started that today. The Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown Manhattan is going to be used as a migrant processing center. It's open 24-7. Not only are they processing newly arrived migrants there, but if you live in the city and you're a migrant, you can go there to get answers on what services are available to you. Previous to this, they were using the Port Authority bus terminal as
2: the welcoming center. That kind of seems a bit more appropriate. I mean, (laughs) right? I mean, the Port Authority is known for being a dump. It's known for not being nice. It's not very welcoming, no. So, uh, well, not very welcoming. I mean, it's a bus depot. That's where the buses should go. Go there.
10: Well, yeah, but I mean, the buses are still going there, but I guess then they make their way from the bus terminal to the Roosevelt Hotel. Look,
2: if we had a skilled governor or a skilled mayor... They would have been on the phone working this problem before it ever got to New York. This should not be happening. And those two idiots, by the way, you can look it up. Hochul, uh Adams, and the rest of them boasting and bragging about New York is a sanctuary city and will always be a sanctuary. Did you ever actually think about what that means? No, you didn't because, you know, it just felt good. Somebody gave you some notes. You put on a brand new white shirt and a tie and that's dopey suit from Suit Supply. Uh, and you feel great. That's all it is with him. He just wants to be on television. Look at me. But he has no idea. So is this, wait a second. It's just, okay, it's the information center, and then they sleep at the hotel.
10: Well, some migrants are getting rooms there, yes. They're also using it as shelter in addition to that processing center. And then I have an email into City Hall right now asking for clarification on this because apparently it's a three-year lease that the city signed with Roosevelt for this purpose yeah and i don't understand why three years
2: why not just a year well this is a permanent plan you know i mean they want to rearrange society they're bringing all you think the greg kelly candidacy for mayor stands a chance with all these people coming in and eric handing them uh ballots probably with his name already on it because don't forget the city
10: council has attempted to let illegal immigrants vote in city elections they sure the have they sure have. That might have even passed. I can't remember. No,
2: I mean, it did, but it was totally unconstitutional. And I think it got thrown out by the state court. Um, all right. So what do we do? I think we got to go undercover and go over there as migrants. I could say I'm a migrant from, uh, where, Argentina. Where do I look like? I, uh, no, I'd have to be, well, they're coming in from all over the world. I could say I'm coming in from the Czech Republic or yeah, something. Sure. That's not going to work. All right. Diego, you're our man. I'm sorry. All right. I mean, come on. Let's face it. You, uh, right. You could pull this off. You could totally pull it off. You, you were born in Mexico, right? You speak the language. What do you say? You go undercover. Seriously. Find out what the hell's going on there. I think you should. Oh, that would be so good. You go in there. I'm you say, it. you say, you say all these things. I think I have tuberculosis. I, uh, I, I think I, uh, they want me for a murder in Mexico and they want this and they'd just be go in there like a crazy person and, and, and see what happens, and see all the free stuff they give you, right? I'll do it.
10: All for right, let's free do stuff, it. Yeah.
2: News, news anchor, news director, Diego. Let's set it up, okay? Uh, I mean, it sounds like a worthwhile experiment. I sure. mean, it doesn't take much long. Let's just do it right. You can go now.
7: I gotta, I gotta finish my shift. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all, all right. Gotta well, soon as soon
2: as that's done, we gotta find out what the hell's going on over there. And um, I don't like it. I think that, I mean, something had to happen with the Roosevelt Hotel. I didn't like that it was closed. Period. You know. All right. Well, James, I'm glad you're on it. Anything else I should know?
10: Uh, just that it's a uh, $225 million lease, three years. What else is hot? What else is going on in New York right now? Uh, outside of the migrant stuff. I mean, yesterday they announced a new plan to crack down on shoplifting. I
2: saw that plan. It, it, like, Eric, did Eric go to a nursery school to get it? It is the silliest, smallest, dopiest. I mean, he does realize that people will read this stuff and be like, Who, what? What? It made no sense. Yeah, I, I couldn't really understand.
10: It basically said that businesses are going to share information about repeat offenders.
2: And that will – uh, he really is pathetic. It's just like his gun plan. Look up his gun plan. It's eight pages long. And basically, I think they asked – what? What do they call that thing? Chat GPT. Give me a gun plan. Give Give Ewick a gun plan.
10: Oh, actually, uh, you'll be happy to know the Mets have been doing quite better since we last talked about it as
2: well. No, they're still playing. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's baseball season. It they is. keep it's telling still, me that. right. Uh, Yeah, nobody. I mean, have you noticed that no one cares? Uh, yes. Largely, I would say that's pretty much true. It's too bad. There that's was funny. a day in New York where everybody knew who, say, like Lee Mazzilli was right. You know, girls in the office knew about Lee Mazzilli and Tom Seaver and uh, and Kenny Griffin and all that stuff. Nobody knows or cares. Ken Griffey? Ken Griffin? I thought it was Ken Griff who uh, I think that's like a Ken Griffey? financier
10: or something. All right.
2: Well, look, I hey, I never p- <laughs> pretended I was in the baseball bunch. I don't know about this stuff. I do remember everything about the Yankees though in 1978. I remember first base Chris Chambliss. I remember second base Willie Randolph. I remember shortstop Bucky Dent. I remember third base uh Craig Nettles. I remember in center field Mickey Rivers. I remember in right field Reggie Jackson. I remember in left field Roy White. And I remember behind home plate Thurman Munson. And some of the greatest pitchers ever. We had Ron Guidry on the mound. We had Goose Gossage. We had that was a team.
10: And while you mention
2: those big names, I'll leave
10: you with this. Apparently the big buildings... In the city, the skyscrapers are also sinking one to two millimeters a year. So that's a good thing.
2: Uh, but they're not. Is that. Do we have to be worried? Well, I mean. But let's ask that buildings commissioner. Did we ever find one? <laughs> <laughs> we found, they've had a lot of turnover. Nobody really likes working for Eric because they realize he's not a serious man. All right, James, appreciate it so much. The full scoop. Uh, and give me one moment. I'll be right back.
1: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Hey, uh, this is pretty cool, actually. President Trump just put me on Truth Social again. Uh, my phone starts blowing up, and this happens, and I had a feeling it was going to do something with Trump. And uh, sure enough, he put my my monologue on the other night where I went through the Durham report. And, um, uh, yeah, it's all up there on the Truth Social site. And, uh, I gotta tell you, I think that's really cool when he does it. I do. I love, I love it. I love it. And, uh, he's got a lot of followers. And, um, I just, uh, I think that's great and I appreciate it. Never just so cool. And quite frankly, it's a great little piece I put together on the, on the, um, Durham report. Uh, it should be much bigger. He kind of toned it down on purpose. Um, Barbara, you know all about that. Barbara is now my uh, my my deputy executive producer on the Newsmax show. She gives me so many great quotes, and I used it last night. Uh, that beautiful one. Hi, Barbara. Welcome back, and thank you.
6: Hey, Greg, you put that in into that piece just perfectly. It made your message so so stronger and really impactful. It all worked together really well. Good job. Good job. Well, good job to
2: you and. Uh, Sometimes I feel like I'm plagiarizing uh, Barbara, but I'm really plagiarizing uh, Thomas Jefferson, all right? And we give him full credit, of course, right? It's not like I'm pretending I said it. I say Thomas Jefferson said it, we think, by the way. There was a little bit of a debate on that. Anyway, Barbara, thank you. What else?
6: I wanted to give you another quote from Thomas Paine, and then I wanted to tell you um, something that I found in research that I think is appalling but important. The, The quote It is the duty of the patriot to protect his country from its government. Thomas Paine said that. He did? Yes, he did. It is is the duty of the patriot to protect his country from its government.
2: Now, I mean, all right, so it's interesting that these beautiful phrases from the past, you know, they'll interpret it literally, and they'll be like, oh, wait a second. I mean, you know what I mean, like saying 1776, which we all know, why that year is important it's part of our history and it's beautiful but now if you say 1776 they'll say you're advocating for the overthrow that kind of thing you know have you ever been have you ever noticed that that using these quotes from 200 years ago like they just because they're from thomas Paine, they could possibly even get you into trouble don't worry i'm willing to take that risk um but it's interesting to consider that right
6: I never thought of it that way, never in a million years. Well,
2: let me tell you this, and here's why you should, all right? So a lot of the January 6th prisoners, the political prisoners, one of the – you can look through the criminal complaint. You can look through the trial transcript. They're, like, going around talking about 1776. And I have done this on my show. Like, it's okay to talk about 1776. It's okay to talk about protecting the uh, union from the government. We don't want government excess. You can talk about this. You're allowed to. Air Force One, for a long time, the name of that plane, the nickname of the plane was the Spirit of 76. That's what Nixon flew to China, Spirit of 76. We all should have the Spirit of 76. We love our country, but we know a lot of what's going on right now is not in the Constitution, and it's okay to do what we're doing, talking about it, writing people, rallying, right, assembling peaceably, right, and, uh, and, and, and our grievances, uh, bringing them to the government. We are allowed to do all of these things. But, Barbara, don't believe me. Some of these quotes, they're awesome, and I own them, but uh, they could put you on thin ice, believe it or not. Anyway, Barbara, keep going.
6: Oh, well, that took my breath away, I'll tell you, because um, I never thought of that. So um, I had brought up a couple times before the uh, KGB operative who defected, Bezmanov. Yes. And I was rereading it the other day, and oh, my gosh, he's describing exactly what we're going through now. He said there are four stages to the communist takeover of, of a country like ours. The first one is done, the demoralization, where you brainwash society so that they become so indifferent to facts, that they become unable to make sensible conclusions to defend themselves, their family, their community, and their country. We're past that, right? People yep. are not voting in their own best interest. They're voting in the best interest of heaven knows what. All right, give me, give
2: me two, three, and four. We're almost, we're, I'm up against a break.
6: Two is destabilization, where you target the structures of a nation, the economy, the defense systems, borders, and elections. So we're, we're into that very well, and we're going into the third stage, the crisis, which is the change of the power structure and the economy.
2: Got it. And four?
6: Yeah. And four is normalization. After the violent change of power, structure, and economy, normalization, the country is taken over, and you're living under a new ideology and reality.
2: Besmanov, right?
6: Besmanov. It's yeah. amazing. And you know what? The,
2: nor, the normality. It's like that pregnant woman wanted her bike, and she's the one being canceled for sticking up for herself and saying, This is my bike. How dare you do that? Normalization. She's being canceled because she stood up for herself. Wow. Uh, Barbara, once again, a million thanks.
1: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple
8: Podcast Network.
5: The Democrats, uh, we're
8: losing this argument. You know, we have an obligation to stay true to what the, I believe the party stands for. And I think the entire party needs to get behind how we handle this mission. Senator Schumer, Congressman Jeffries, and the New York delegation, have, they have done an amazing job of getting resources. The resources have not gotten here, particularly through FEMA.
2: What does that even mean? Eric Adams. You see, he's trying to have it both ways, right? He's trying to, he's a, he's an outsider. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's criticizing the Democrat party, but then he says every Democrat in New York state is doing an amazing job. No, you can't have those things both be true at the same time. All right. It is a total crisis. And this guy, if he had any skill, if he had any maturity, if he had a slightest bit of wisdom, this could have been at least at least thwarted in part, it would not be as intense as it is right now if he had the managerial skill and the political skill. All right? Political skill. He basically baited Governor Abbott into sending these people up here. Do you remember all that? And Democrats in general, sanctuary city this, sanctuary city that. Hey, oh, by the way, is Dianne Feinstein going to make it until... Uh, uh, is she going to make it to the weekend? Yikes. Uh, Dianne Feinstein, a sitting senator from California... And, uh, she's what, 89, 90? And she just had an illness and she was out of the, uh, limelight, out of sight for the, since February, I think. Anyway, she's back. She does not look good. Um, who else is there? Fetterman, he looks awful. Um, Joe Biden, uh, almost went splat in Japan and, uh, everything is normal, right? You gotta find conservative media to tell you the truth about this stuff. Um, they hide things and they also pretend everything is normal when it's not. Kind of like the communists that, that Barbara was, was telling us about. Uh, I'm sick of hearing Democrats on, uh, the immigration issue. Hey, let's go to Lee Zeldin. Boy, wouldn't it be amazing if he were, if he were governor right now? Number one, Trump wouldn't be going through this hassle with Alvin Bragg. Uh, and same goes for Daniel Penny. He wouldn't be subjected to what he's going through. Cut nine, please. Cut nine.
5: There are Democrats who are now saying that there's an emergency. They're, they're using words like this is a crisis. They're right, but they're only asking for money. They have their hands out. They think that more money is going to fix it. I want to see somebody like a Kathy Hochul or an Eric Adams, these Democrats, to call up President Biden and say, finish construction of the border wall. Don't get rid of Title 42 unless you have a replacement. Enforce the Remain in Mexico policy. Support our Customs and Border Patrol agents and catch and release. They're not talking about policy solutions that will actually fix it. They're just saying, give us more money, as if that's going to make this go away.
2: All right, good for him. And he actually said something else that I liked. Uh, cut Ten, please, Lee Zeldin.
5: What's worse than asking the question, who's going to pay for it, and when will this end, is when you have people who know that they're the ones who are going to have to pay for it, and they know that this will never end. This will keep getting worse every day.
2: Absolutely. I wonder what the next move is for him, huh? Anybody know? Uh Gosh almighty, I am looking at another weird video of Joe Biden getting too close to, hate to say it, but it's happened before, children. Children. It's just, it would make any parent uncomfortable. And here he is at the White House, and he's just touching these kids that are not his children a little bit too, just being too close to Holding their hands, stroking their hair. Wait, and he has this affect of, I'm sorry, what's the phrase? A dirty old man. It looks very sinister and very weird. And it's not just with little kids. It's with young women, middle aged women, older women. It's with uh, Hillary Clinton. It's uh, why is he bringing them? Where is he bringing them? This is before he went to Japan uh, to bring in two little kids who are not his. He doesn't know that. I don't know. I don't like it. Did you see he brought his granddaughter to uh, to Japan? Maisie is her name. Maisie, but no Navy. Maisie, but no Navy. Navy is the unacknowledged child in, where is she now? She's in, uh, she's in Arkansas. Hi, Gail. Welcome back from Staten Island.
6: Good afternoon, Greg. You know, last night, thanks for showing those excerpts on your show of the whistleblower hearings. To watch those young men swear before the administration, they only wanted to serve the FBI for the greater good. They were berated and lectured by sarcastic narcissists. It was heart-wrenching. When that young man spoke and his voice cracked after he told how he was moved across the country and then lost everything, it was heart-wrenching. It made me think of when they had the other hearings with Madeline Breen that lost her son and that Dan Goldman tried to dismiss her, and she as a lady schooled him.
2: Oh, that was right, and and Dan Goldman tried the same little stunt. That guy is all ambition, not much in the way of ability. Uh, he's going to be hanging around and annoying us for a long time to come. Gail, thank you very much. Hey, have you ever heard of Mark Dice, the world-famous YouTuber? This guy has a greater following, a greater presence in the media than all of CNN (laughs) and a lot of other fake news combined. Uh, His videos are famous for taking apart the establishment, the hypocrisy that pervades so many aspects of uh, our country. Mark Dice, welcome back. How are you?
8: Pretty good. Congratulations on Newsmax's new success, That's crushing the Cloud News Network. Looking forward to you guys overtaking Fox News most
2: soon. Working on it, working on it. Hey, I have heard of this Bilderberg conference, uh, but I'm not that familiar with it. You're all over it. What is, is it the Bilderberg thing and and what is it exactly?
8: Yeah, it's essentially a deep state meeting, and for decades it was considered to be a crazy conspiracy theory and something that only people talked about on the Internet, on Internet forums, the Internet video shows, but it's a very real event. It's been going on every year since 1954, and it's a meeting of about 100 to 130 of the world's most powerful men in a variety of different industries, in politics, in banking, in media, in the energy sector. And they get together for these private three-day meetings. It's called the Bilderberg Group because they first met at the Bilderberg Hotel in Ustabek, Holland. That's just sort of their name. And like the mafia, you know, they don't even really have a name. It's just that thing, man. It's just hey, it's the Bilderberg Group over there. But, you know, for years, decades, it was just a conspiracy theory. and No media outlets would take it seriously. They would never cover it. Anybody who would ask a politician or somebody who had attended because there would be leaks, there'd be independent journalists who would cover it. Jim Tucker had a source in there for... Decades, and he had been reporting on it. Alex Jones had been reporting on it. And if you've asked any of these people, and there's video clips of this, asking Hillary Clinton in 2008, "Hey, what's going on they, at Bilderberg? They all play dumb.
2: All right, they so now know about it. The word is out, though. I'm looking, and uh, look, the Daily Mail has something on it. CNBC has something on it. So they do call it secretive. So who's there, and what are they? What are they trying to do?
8: This is essentially an elite consensus building society it is keeping society in a sense so they talk about the issues of the day they have what's called chatham house rules so nobody who is in attendance and then now we do know who they are we just kind of smoke them out of their holes but nobody will reveal what was talked about or who else was there or who said what and so essentially this is where all the big movers and shakers get together to think about the important issues of the day but to kind of cut up the Pieces of the world. You know, there have been leaks that have come out of this place that they came to a consensus about when the Iraq War would happen, who would be selected for vice president candidates, and who would run for president when. And so, this year the big topic is artificial intelligence. Obviously, AI is taking on a very scary position and. It's a legitimate concern, but I also think that one of their issues is to try to prevent AI from actually telling the truth. And we know that they have trust and safety layers on the chat GPT and all of these other ones, so they can't admit obvious facts because facts hurt certain people's feelings. All so right, let's go through it, though. Um,
2: it's legal for these people to meet. I mean, it's not against the law for them to meet. So everything, it's not like, uh, and they're not performing human sacrifice. I mean, you can get together, and uh, so that's where, check in the block there, um, well,
8: well, there is the concern that it may be a violation of the Logan Act, actually. Which of, is a of, of, the,
2: of the Logan Act? Act. Well, who, As you know, we're,
8: we're politicians aren't supposed to negotiate on behalf of the government. You know, they tried to get George so, Kushner and Michael Flynn yeah, yeah, uh, on these Trump-up uh, charges. Right.
2: And You know whose idea that was? I think it was Vice President Biden's. Let's get him on the Logan Act. I'm familiar with the Logan Act. It Generally, I thought, yeah, it applies to private citizens should not be making foreign policy. That's interesting. So who... Give me the big names from America who are there.
8: You got Henry Kissinger, who's a staple over there. You got uh, NATO Secretary General, Jesse Stottenberger, is over there. Well, I mean, not even America, these are just globalist names. But Pfizer CEO was there, Albert Barlow, a couple years ago. Anybody who's anybody other than mostly sitting politicians or a, a student president's never going to attend. That's just their schedule's too tight. But we have a list of some of them, a lot of media figures there. Um the CEO, uh, like I said, the CEO of uh, o- OpenAI is there. A lot of big people who are chairmans of corporations but aren't really. Oh, no, you know what? Actually, the Pfizer CEO is there. I'm looking at the list this year. So he, he's there again. Got to kind of plan out, the, you know, what they're going to do for their next uh, rollout of their updated vaccine. Uh, but all right. Well, we'll any, keep any what? any mover and shaker who's there is going to be there at this consensus building deep state operations. I appreciate you covering it. You know, it's just been a kind of a taboo topic for so many decades. So it's, it's good to kind of shine a light on these people and figure out what it is that doing Because these are really the decision makers that are shaping the world. And this is where a lot of these decisions are made. Uh,
2: yeah, no, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I want to know more. Okay. The Bilderberg conference. we got to keep our eye on that and keep your eye on, uh, Mark Dice, you do some amazing things on YouTube and the rest and in book form. Uh, where can people find you?
8: Best place is on YouTube. Just search for me on uh, the YouTube search bar or youtube.com slash Mark Dice. Uh, it's my main digital home base until they boot me from there. But I'm going to ride it until the wheels fall off and keep on uh, using their tools against them. So, we well,
2: talking with you, man. Before you go, one of my work. favorite things, I hope it's up on, uh, on YouTube, is where you walk around with <laughs> Jim Acosta. Remember him when he was at the White House and... You had to point out that your YouTube following was bigger at the time than anything CNN was putting out. And uh, anyway, uh, that guy—they're yeah,
8: clueless. They, these people don't understand that a guy in a kitchen and a laptop can have a bigger audience than CNN. And you know, I bumped into Jim Acosta outside the White House a couple of years ago, and after I was invited to the social media summit by President Trump and. He was just such an idiot. I was clowning on him, and he was throwing insults about me, you know, living in my mother's basement. And I'm like, Jim, do you not understand the power of social media? Like, we are crushing your puny little network. You're going down.
2: Well, I uh, look free speech. You're a champion of it, and you're doing very, very well. And keep it up, Mark Dice, everybody. And thanks for telling us a little bit about this uh, potentially weirdo conference in Europe. We got to know more, uh, Mark Dice. Many thanks, okay, pal. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. You got it. Uh, hey folks, you should check out our website, by the way. Hey Diego, what technically is our website? I got it in my favorites on my phone. It's wabcradio.com. wabcradio.com. A lot of you people like, uh, James Flippin earlier. He is an amazing uh, radio host, and he's got so much content on our website, com. And if you miss the show, they post all of my shows, actually, and you can go back in history, going back, what, the two-and-a-half-year history of this show. It's all there, all the gaffes, all the times I said something that I probably shouldn't have. It's all there, wabcradio.com. Be right back.
0: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups.
1: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple
2: Podcast Network. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Uh, yeah, that routine, deviating from my routine really messes me up. I realized, why did I eat those stupid, uh, bagels? I didn't eat lunch when I normally did, so I am totally and completely out of whack. I gotta turn things over to you guys very quickly, cause I got Rudy Giuliani, he's setting up and we're gonna talk to him in just, uh, about a minute. Jacqueline in Brooklyn, hi.
9: Um, I'd like to comment on this Christopher Ray thing. I wasn't aware until you just mentioned that he is on the taxpayer's dime uh, enjoying the luxury of a private jet, quote-unquote, chauffeuring him to his vacation home in the Adirondacks. My opinion is that's got to stop, and he should reimburse the American taxpayer's for every single penny, every time that private jet chauffeured him there.
2: Absolutely. You know what? It's actually not a private jet. It's our jet. We own it. All right? That's government property. Use it when you want to surveil, uh I don't know, drug dealers and, uh, you know, something happening in the ocean. But don't take it on vacation to the Adirondacks. Thank you very much. And uh let's try one more. Maria, you've been on hold for a while. Hi, Maria.
9: I'm just you know what I'm just going to say happy Friday Greg and don't worry about the bagels you didn't have Fritos right
2: I did not actually I came oh, close you're good. all right you're good to go you're the best thank you Maria very much and with that we have America's mayor Rudy Giuliani joining us once again hello Mr. Mayor
3: Greg I had to talk to you I'm here in Washington in the deep state the swamp
5: huh. uh, <laughs> how,
2: are you, how, are you, how are you holding up down there what's going what are you doing down there
3: I had to appear at a hearing on uh, the case in which those ladies in uh, Georgia are suing me on a two-and-a-half-hour discovery hearing. It completely boring, and no no big deal. It was like, where's the document 1,622? Well, it's right here. Here's the document.
2: <laughs> well, wait a second, though. I just saw the paper that uh, prosecutors down there in, in Atlanta are saying, uh, basically clear the schedule for early August, and the the news is reporting that it's possible that you know an indictment or something could come down in August first two weeks. You have any indication of that?
3: I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. All I can tell you is when I finish my grand jury testimony, the district attorney has to take a picture with me.
2: <laughs> that would so, seem to think. I mean, look, and is the uh, the evidence the core of this case is that phone call that Trump had with the uh, with the Georgia I, officials? I right. I Think. I mean,
3: I couldn't tell from the grand jury. Thing it was all over the place, but um, yeah, I think it's the telephone call. And of course, they're they're leaving out the fact that the that the uh, attorney general had a report five six days after the election that John Solomon broke a year ago that raised what was forty eight major irregularities with the election, and he hit it, and he kept going around saying it was like a perfect election.
2: Wait, who hit it? Who hit it?
3: Uh, uh, Remsen, Remsendorf. Remsen oh, Rappensperger, Rappensburger, the baby Secretary baby. of State
2: down there. Yeah, Mr. Integrity, just ask him, right? He's a real head yeah, case, I mean, that, that guy. would
3: blow up any, any case. And, and the president clearly was referring to the fact that the president had evidence that there were 100,000 possible fraud situations. And he basically he was saying, can't you find 11,000 out of that? The president didn't know that the sneaky guy had a report on his desk with 48 unresolved objections raised by his own people, which he hid.
2: I, it's unbelievable. Hey, Mr. Mayor, let me just get. Let me, the, the overall climate right now in America is there's one way to go. The corporate legal uh, entertainment. I mean, our culture is, you know, Trump is a threat to democracy. Uh, those who support him are deplorables and also a threat to democracy. Um, and lawyers are really adhering to that. And that, oh, by the way, is a threat to democracy. If you deviate, they'll come after you. And this is, quite frankly, why I think Bill Barr got scared and Durham put out that report, which, let's face it, there's some dynamite stuff in there, but it is so shrouded and so politely presented.
3: I mean, a a terrible thing he did to the country. I mean, how can you write that report and not demand that these people be prosecuted? I mean, basically, it it was close to treason or sedition. They tried to unseat... A lawfully elected president on false, concocted testimony paid for by Hillary Clinton. My goodness, I mean that's Benedict Arnold.
2: All right, two things though. Do you think Barr picked him um, with that kind of mandate in mind? Look, yeah, you, Barr, got-
3: Barr picked him knowing he's the slowest guy that ever lived. I mean, there are prosecutors like that. I had him in my office. They take five years to come to any conclusion. They're good, they're smart, but they're they're ponderous. And even if you read, if you read, you're a good writer. You read it. There's, there's about uh, you know 100 pages unnecessary.
2: It's totally. So, it's the most maddening thing to read. And I, I don't know if you heard me on the show. I was like, there's one line in there where the FBI surveilled uh, you know Manafort, uh, Papadopoulos for nine weeks and found nothing inculpatory. Now, inculpatory is a word that lawyers might use. <laughs> yeah, I know right. exculpatory. Nobody uses the word inculpatory. I know what it means, but they they made it seem so benign on purpose. Yeah.
3: The whole thing, even the conclusion. But, I mean, think about it. If you go back and do a little analysis just from your memory, most of the incriminating information that he brought out, even the devastating stuff about the meeting in the White House, and I mean, it's ast- extraordinary that Obama knew about this. We knew all of that before the election. It could have been prosecuted before the election. What, what, what was he aging it? Like wine?
2: So, with all this known, we know it now, and these guys have not paid any kind of price. That's it's wild. outrageous. I saw Strock, uh, you know, Strock, Strock on television dismissing the report the night it came out. Sure. Same for McCabe. And the entire culture is just like shrugging their shoulders. Eh, who cares? Conservative media, quite frankly, hasn't done a very good job covering it. Um, and everything just kind of continues on. Everything, and, right, and,
3: and the main purpose, or one of the main purposes of criminal law is completely frustrated, deterrence. There's no reason to believe it won't happen again, because nothing was done to punish it. In fact, we can do better than that. It did happen again, because after that, they hid the hard drive, which was equally as heinous a crime by the same group of people.
2: That is interesting. Now, wait, wait, deterrence is a part. Ooh, that's good, deterrence right?
3: Deterrence is one of the three main reasons it goes back to ancient England for the criminal law. And what deterrence is there when you can basically try to overthrow a government and nothing happens to you? Then you do it again, right, with the hard drive.
2: What are the other two things, deterrence and what else? Deterrence,
3: justice for society, and punishment.
2: I love it. Wow.
3: I can give it to you in Latin if I can remember it. You're amazing.
2: (laughs) I know you can. Uh, Rudy? Uh, You know,
3: you do an unbelievable job. You really do. Thank you.
2: Uh, thank you, sir. Patriot. No, and uh, you know, you know, you know, you're one of my heroes. And love uh, to be on with you. Thank you, you sir. Uh, to be continued. I'll see everybody tonight at ten o'clock. And Rudy's next. The Ma- America's Mayor.